0: From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. 5L baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. Hello, my name's Wayne Mugley, pickleball lover. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Wayne, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, I am your host, Chris Allen. And joining me today from Third Shot Sports in Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, it's Mark Renison. Hey, Mark. Hi, Chris. Always a pleasure to be here. We are continuing our conversation today with National Open Women's Doubles champion, Gigi Lamaster. And this next one comes in and it says, uh, Gigi, do you make any changes or adjustments to your overall strategy when you have to come up through the loser's bracket like you had to this at this past nationals. Thank you, Gail, for that. Gigi, what about that? Any way that you play differently if you find yourself having to go through the losers bracket before you make it all the way to the top, like you did?
1: Yes, hi, Gail. Yes, definitely, I did, and I do always reevaluate my shots and my strategy. So uh, in this case, we lost, I believe, the that match in a close three gamer, and I noticed that I was. Uh, A little bit rushed, pulling the trigger too fast, you know, going for shots that were just not there, not quite there. It was a little bit windier than in the gold medal match. So when we faced them again, I knew I needed to keep my dinks just a little bit closer to the net. They love to hit hard, so I wasn't giving them too many angles. So they continuously had to step into the shots you know, reach for the ball more instead of giving them time and room to step back and drive the ball. Of course, I need a lot more patience as well, which is really my strength, sometimes my weakness as well. (laughs) I seem to be in the zone when I'm thinking (laughs) and moving those players so that I forget that I could have pulled the trigger maybe a little bit sooner. But uh, that is just, you know, I I truly enjoy the game so much. But yeah, I definitely made quite a few uh, adjustments from that first uh, game we lost.
0: We have another question here from Larry. Uh, Larry asks, in a sentence or two, Gigi, please explain the winning soft game. He says, I find many players think it means to hit or just hit the ball soft and a bit high over the net with no purpose. In a nutshell, what is it about playing the soft game properly that wins matches? Good question, Larry. Thank you for that. What do you think about that, Gigi? Yeah.
1: Thank you for that question, Larry. I, I, Compared to a chess game, you know, the thinking game, it's all about moving the pieces around, you know, so you push them to the outside, you put the ball a little bit more to the middle, they have to come, they're out of position. As soon as you move a player out of their position by, I would say, more than six inches, you have accomplished the goal. It's a game of inches, I always say. So definitely we want to move the players. So they start reaching for the ball. Once they start reaching, they will lift the ball more and you will have an opportunity to put the ball away. That is my ultimate goal when I think. People think, you know, as, as he says, Larry, um, you know, just to hit the ball soft. No, it's definitely a, you know it's a chess game you want to move the
0: pieces you're too young to probably remember the mystery uh, the mystery caller television show what was that called what's my line where somebody would come in blindfolded and they would have to ask a bunch of questions but uh, we have a mystery caller on here calling from Portland Oregon I believe caller are you there I
2: am here I hope you can hear me <laughs>
0: we can hear you great And. Uh, <laughs> This probably doesn't need to be, remain a mystery for too long. This is none other than Gigi's partner in the Nationals. This is uh, Gigi's co-champion, the one and only Sarah Ansberry. Sarah, thank you for joining us today on the Pickleball Show.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hey, G. How's it going? Pretty good, Sarah. How are you? I am doing okay. I'm here with Lynn, and we just did some dinking this morning around, just finishing up, actually.
1: Oh, great. Hey, happy Valentine's Day to you guys.
2: Well, the main reason they had me call is anniversary, and we really wanted to say happy anniversary to you and John, from my family to yours. Congratulations on making it 25 years.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah.
0: To show the dedication and the persistence, that it takes to become a national champion Uh, this is part of it because a few weeks ago I contacted Gigi about recording today and uh, you may be listening to this weeks later but we're recording this on Valentine's Day and uh, Gigi said well that is my 25th wedding anniversary but yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So (laughs) that's the kind of dedication and perseverance you need to stand at the top of the podium and uh, and have that gold medal around your neck.
1: Uh, Chris, it it does help when you have Sarah next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's pretty nice. I'd say that
2: neither of us could do it without our significant others. John is always there to support. They make it happen and make it easy for us to be on the court. And it's not so bad having Gigi next to me.
0: (laughs) Now, one thing I was wondering about, uh, with Gigi being in Arizona and then you're up in in uh, Portland, Oregon, Sarah, how do you, I guess, maintain a chemistry uh, when you can't partner up and, and play, you know, every week or every month even? How do you keep that chemistry between the two of you uh, at such a high level?
2: You know, uh, for me, it's every time I get on the court with uh, Gigi, I feel Comfortable, uh, which is really what I want in a partner. Where I'm on the court, and no matter how long it's been since we've played together, I know that I can rely on Gigi next to me. I know that she knows how to calm me down, and she also knows how to get me going. It has just so much to do with picking the right partner. And when we've been able to get down there, we get on the courts as much as possible. But I think when it comes to me and Gigi, it's the support that we give each other gives. I mean, it gives me so much confidence. And that's what I need to win on the court.
0: What is the next tournament that uh, you two are going to partner up for?
2: I think it's uh, Canadian nationals. Is that right, Gigi? Yes, it is.
0: Oh, you're headed up, yeah. uh, headed up to Mark Renison's neck of the woods, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah. We're happy to have them.
0: Yeah. Did I hear that, that the two of you were going to put on some sort of a clinic when you're up there?
3: Yeah, it's
2: a, it's a week before, um, right near Kelowna, me and Gigi on the court for about five days, and um, it's going to be at this beautiful resort, and it's the first time Gigi and I are going to do a, a clinic together, and I, I'm super excited. They asked me about it, and I just said, let's do it together, and I'm, I'm really excited to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that sounds like it. Mark, jump in here. If you have any questions for Sarah, go right ahead. Uh,
2: Hi, Sarah. (laughs) Hi, Mark. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks. I'm interested a little bit, I know, uh, speaking of coaching, so both of you are doing a fair bit of coaching. I'm interested to know to what extent do you rely on your background as a tennis coach in the pickleball coaching that you're doing? I rely a lot in a sense that I've done a lot of training and certification in um, how to talk to people and how to coach people and different styles of play and you know the psychology behind it. There are a lot of things that are easy to transition from tennis. I've been coaching for a long time and I really think a lot of coaching has to do with being able to break down problems and find solutions and being able to work with different kinds of people. You know, um, I've worked with kids for a long time. I've worked with college level players. I've worked with pro level players and it, it's with that type of just being able to explain and talk on the court, it's it's super easy to use my pickleball skills and just kind of connect those things together.
1: I agree with Sarah. When people come to us, it's probably not to become a five-0 player. Mostly, they are, they've already established you know how they hit the ball, so it's more we add to you know strategy, position on the court, talking to your partners. Obviously, I did not come from a tennis background, so I cannot really teach them a proper technique as to how to I mean I, I can, not that I do it myself, but um, <laughs> I definitely don't suggest uh, that people would go that way. Uh, but yeah, mostly it's uh, people they have, they have a skill a 3.5, they want to get to that next level. And mostly it's just a little adjustments to their strategy, you know their position on the court on, on court awareness. You know, talking to their partners, all these different things.
0: Let's go to question from the audience here. Let's go to Keith James right now. Keith, are you there? Yeah, I am. Hey Keith, welcome to the pickleball show. You are on with National Women's Open Doubles champions, both Gigi Lamaster and Sarah Ansberry. You pretty much are talking to the cover of the inaugural Pickleball magazine here. I am. <laughs> Keith, what's your question?
3: My question's about mixed doubles. When I First started playing three and a half years ago. I noticed that the uh, mixed doubles, especially at the higher levels, were dominated by the guys bowling their way in and kind of taking balls away from the women. And having watched for now the last three years, it seems like more and more the exchanges are between the women, especially at the dinking line, and um, the guys are just kind of waiting to get in. It seems like more and more it's woman to women exchanges rather than the guys taking over. Have you seen that same change, and why the shift?
1: I believe that, yes, it's true, but there's some misperception to that. We we do handle pretty much eighty or ninety percent of the balls. But and it's it's a very hard uh, for the guys to just stand there and wait. So they tend to kind of slide over a little bit, put a little more pressure, you know, on, on the other team. And so it gives the perception that, you know, they come and steal our balls. But you want your partner not to be cold because they will get that one shot and, and they have to stand there for twenty minutes sometimes or, you know, fifteen minutes without getting a shot so you want them to get in that game you want them to come over and not necessarily help you out but just so they can come and get a ball and not be as cold
2: Yeah, I I mean, I agree with uh, Gigi, we get 80-90% of the balls. Uh, (laughs) It's our job. I mean, whenever I know, I know, I know whenever Gigi and I play mixed against each other, it's a really, really long dinking battle. (laughs) And with my mixed doubles partner, we try strategies that make it so that my opponents will hit to them, or it's easier for them to jump in and poach. So my job is to find a way to make it an easy setup so that it's not difficult when the ball does come to them. It's a surprise or anything like that. But, you know, it's something that we work on together as a mixed team to, to try to get the, an easier ball to attack and finish the point.
0: Sometimes it does get kind of boring to watch mixed because you know that mixed doubles is going to be nothing, but it, they should just rename it hit to the girl day. I
3: call it women singles with a men's assist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: That's my perception
3: perfect. was, maybe it's not wrong, but my perception used to be the other way around.
1: Yes. And I believe that is true in the day when um, Tim Nelson, you know, would tell his uh, female partners to stand on the sidelines and and just go for it playing singles. And hats off to him that he could actually get away with it. But now women are just so much better and keeping, you know, the guy honest, keeping him not coming over too much, um, burning him if he does. So that's one of the reasons I believe that you're seeing that change in the game is that uh, the women have become so much stronger, so the guy cannot really take over anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's good. Keith, where are you calling from today?
3: Uh, Gig Harbor, Washington.
0: Well, so good to have you on.
3: (laughs) Could I ask one more question of Gigi? (laughs) Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, Gigi, you're known as the the Dink Master. The Queen of Dink.
1: Queen of yeah, the, day. the yes. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. What lovely. is your
3: judgment call as to when to accelerate the ball?
1: Well, you know, if you know my game, never. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's when I jump in. <laughs> uh, so really, you don't you don't like to uh,
1: yeah. wrist
3: flip it and make it go a little faster?
1: Well, yes, once in a while. And and I use uh, a little bit more pace on, on my dink. I, I just feel like my role as a setter... It's so strong that I have no ego uh, getting in the way of um, having Sarah come over and once I set that ball for her to say, all right, I'm here, boom, put it away. So,
0: Mm.
1: no, I I don't feel like I need to speed it up. If the ball is there, if I can put it away, I will put it away. But otherwise, no, I never feel the need to speed up the game.
3: Do you ever tag (sighs)
0: your opponents? Oh, you ever tag them on purpose? Is that what your question was, Keith? Yes,
1: yes. I, and, and I have. I have. I've, I've done the dink slap shot uh, numerous times. And I do once in a while, but I hide my shots a little bit more than other people. So it's all the same. You know, coming from a dink, I can either slap shot a little bit. But I do not want to hit anybody on purpose. Uh, when I see their paddle, you know, uh, either in the backhand position or in the forehand, I might try to tag, you know, go to the left shoulder Uh, So they get taken by surprise, but I definitely never want to go for somebody's uh, body uh, on purpose.
3: Well, I must admit, I've nailed some of my buddies in the sternum many times on purpose, <laughs> and they've done the same to me.
0: It's all fair on the pickleball court. Now, um, we were talking a lot about strategy and a lot about technique. Let's talk real quick about uh, equipment, since we have uh, two national champions right here. Um, any uh, new equipment that's coming out that uh, that you're looking forward to? What's, what's in your bag, in your gear bag, that you wouldn't want to uh, go to the courts without. Uh, Start with you, Sarah. Is there anything that you absolutely must have before you uh, hit the pickleball courts?
2: Well, um, my paddle of choice is currently the Magnum XP. I played at nationals with that and I am in love with this paddle. Uh, It's been out for a few months and I just love it. I'm super excited about playing with it. Um, But I also, in my bag, have the new Black Diamond series. They're both Pro Lights. Gigi and I both play with Pro Lights. The feel and the softness of this paddle is just phenomenal. You just get so much out of it, and so I'm really, I'm really excited for to see the series of that. So those are my kind of my two go tos Mm -hmm. right now, and I've got a couple of those in my bag at all times, pretty much, so I can kind of let my friends borrow too if they need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Gigi? Anything in your bag that you uh, absolutely must have? If you forget it, you're going to have to get back in the car and go back home and grab it.
1: Uh, Yes, (laughs) I would have had one more paddle. Right, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) That's where I got my first XP was from Gigi. Definitely my Pro-Light Blaster. I just love the weight distribution and the feel of the paddle. It gives me a good touch for my soft game Mm -hmm. and just enough pop, you know, to put the ball away when the opportunity arises. But definitely a couple of my Pro-Light Blasters.
0: Well, in talking about paddles too, we're going to launch a quick poll here for the audience and I want to know what kind of weight everybody prefers. So we're going to launch a poll here and the question is, well actually you complete this sentence, I like a paddle that weighs, and your choices are seven. 7.3 ounces or under. 7.3 to 7.8 ounces or C, 7.8 ounces or over. We'll see what our audience likes here. Now, what uh, you mentioned that the Black Diamond, did you say it was, Sarah, was the new paddle?
2: They had some demos at Nationals and they're just coming out. They did some pre-orders and they're coming out with a whole series of this. And, you know, I'm kind of a tech geek. I I really love equipment. I love to see how things are made and the different ways that paddles hit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I love demoing paddles and I'm really really excited for how different these paddles feel than any paddle I've tried. It's unbelievable. It, it really feels so soft. They're starting to distribute them now. I'm not sure if you can even actually get them on the website yet, but I'm actually taking them to, um, I'm playing some mixed doubles with a couple of, uh, you know, pretty good guys, Wes Gabrielson and Brian Ashworth this afternoon. Oh. And both of them are going to demo that paddle. And so I'm bringing them that to try and, you know, it's super exciting. Um, it's going to be a really nice line that comes out.
0: Do you have a certain weight range that you like your paddles to be in?
2: You know, um, I, I kind of towards uh you know between 7.5 and a little over eight ounces Mm -hmm. but to me it's really about the distribution of the paddle it's not necessarily i need a bunch of weight on the perimeter i know some people really like perimeter weighting and they'll they'll add it on the outside um i really it really depends on the paddle and what i'm looking for you know the xp that i play with is around 7.6 but the way it's distributed um you know i get the pop that i want from my volleys and my attack shots but I also get the feel and the softness of my dinks, but the black diamond is eight ounces. So it's, it really depends
0: on the paddle to me. Let's close the poll out here if everybody's voted and it was a complete this sentence poll. And 57% said 7.3 to 7.8. So you're right in the middle there. 14% said 7.3 or under. And 29% said 7.8 or over. So that's always interesting to see those kind of results. Ladies, thank you again for joining us today. And again, Gigi, happy anniversary. Happy 25 years. And congratulations to both of you on your national championship. And uh, I guess you'll be looking to defend again this November.
2: We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks for having us, and uh, happy anniversary, Gigi, to you and John. What a pleasure. Thanks,
1: Chris, for um, sharing my anniversary with you. Awesome.
0: Well, it was so kind of you to uh, to take time out on this special day to, to be with us all here. So thank you again for that. Oh, by the way, the dink video, Sarah, that you did is just fantastic. And we'll link to oh. it in the show notes. Sarah has done a, uh, a basic dink video, or I guess it, it talks mainly about consistency in the dink. It's nine minutes long, but I swear it's, it's like a two-hour dink class compressed into nine minutes. And it's really, really good. You'll find that video, a link to it, In the show notes. Uh, It is must viewing. So definitely check that out. And Sarah, we would love to talk to you some more sometime, maybe in a future episode. Yeah, I will be looking forward to that. In a couple weeks, we can make that happen. Good deal. Ladies, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today as well. And a big thank you to everybody who's been sharing the link to the Pickleball Show via social media and just telling people in their local club about the show. We really, really do appreciate your support. Hey, have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? Coach Mo, Deb Harrison, Brame Carnot, all together in one quick study guide that will definitely take your game to the next level. It's totally free. You don't need a credit card. All you need is an email address. Just head over to freepbxclub.com. That's free pbxclub.com and we'll send it right over to you head over to iTunes also if you get a chance hit that subscribe button you'll never miss an episode and if you feel it's appropriate leave us a five star review I'm Chris Allen this is the Pickleball Show and until next week keep them low FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.